Spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to the Lord. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here, and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of Scripture, Zeal for your house will consume me. At this, the Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for forty-six years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he is speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this. They came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. While he was in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, many began to believe in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. But Jesus would not trust himself to them, because he knew them all, and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So what we have here is the tale of two temples. On the one hand, we have the great temple of Jerusalem built on Mount Zion, first by King Solomon, the, the great first great king of Israel, and a beautiful temple it was, later to be destroyed during the Babylonian exile, then to be slowly rebuilt again, and, and then finally, not long before Jesus' own time, the great Herod, Herod the Great, builds a magnificent temple on top of that Mount Zion in the center, the very heart of, of Jerusalem, the heart really for them of the whole world. This was, this was a magnificent building constructed out of huge, beautiful sandstone that glowed with the, the fires of night and the starlight and the moon and, and during the day was just brilliant against the blue sky of, of that arid land. It was a magnificent building that reached up to the skies and was adorned with gold and marble and ivory. And, and anyone who approached Jerusalem and rose up to Jerusalem to, in pilgrimage, the first thing they saw as they came over the hill was, of course, the Temple of Jerusalem holding within it, holding within it the very presence of God, this beautiful temple built by human hands that, that symbolized God's presence amidst his people. And, and it wasn't just, of course, the temple itself, but the Holy of Holies inside. Extending out from the temple were great courtyards and, and plazas where the people would gather, especially during pilgrim times, during the great feasts of Israel. And those plazas would be filled with people who were praying, and people who were studying, and people who were teaching and learning. And, and it was a magnificent thing. 
But, but even more, especially the Feast of Passover, it was on these, these courtyards and these plazas outside of the temple itself, but part of the temple grounds, where the sacrificing would take place. The people who would come to, to make their pilgrimage to, to God, uh, the God of Israel and the temple of Israel, Jerusalem, would, would buy there their, their, their ox or their, their lamb or their goat, or if they were really poor, a couple of, of turtle doves, and, and they would give them over to the priests, and the priests would sacrifice them, slaughtering them right there in front of their eyes. And, and it must have been a place that was just a beehive of activity, a buzz with energy and cacophony of people buying and selling and changing coins and, and the bleeding of the animals as they, as they are sacrificed to the great God of Israel. It would have been a bloody mess with entrails everywhere and the awful from the meat from these animals falling to the ground and covered, of course, with flies. It would have been in some ways a tremendous and yet and also in some ways a disturbing sight at Passover time, these courtyards of the temple. And it, that's the first temple, the one temple, the temple of Jerusalem. On the other hand, you have another very different kind of temple in this story of the Gospel of John. It's, it's not a temple built by human hands. It, it's not a temple that's built of great stones. It's, it's something very different. It, it's a temple, you know, made from the clay of the earth, from the dust of the earth, from the mud of the earth into which God has breathed his own breath. It's a human being, a body filled now with life, the very life of God. And within that human being, within the temple that is Jesus of Nazareth, within that temple, God places his own heart. He places within it his own spirit. He places within it his own love. And thereby the presence of God is made manifest not in stone, but in human flesh, in the voice of Jesus teaching and speaking the truths of God his Father. In the touch of Jesus, healing a sick person, a lame person, a blind person, a leprous person. It's, it's in the words of forgiveness that Jesus speaks to the sinners he encounters along the way. This is a very different kind of temple. And the presence of God within it is very much more touchable and seeable, and hearable, and approachable. Not just to the priests and the high priests of the temple of Jerusalem, but to anybody and everybody, especially the weak and the poor and the sinners. So there you have the second temple. And it, it should come as no great surprise that when these two temples come together for the first time in the Gospel of John, it's almost like there's a crack there's a break in the universe. There's a break in sort of the, the, the whole uh, atmosphere of, of, of Israel. There's, there's, a, there's a, a disjunction between the two. And that's expressed in this extraordinary moment where Jesus begins pushing out the coins, the, the, the coin exchangers and the, the money exchangers and, the, and those who are selling the animals and saying, out of the temple. 
And it's not because Jesus, in his anger, is angry at the temple itself. Jesus has great respect and love for the temple, the temple of Jerusalem, the temple made of stone. After all, he says, not just it's God's house, not just it's the Father's house, but he says, it's my Father's house. He loves the temple and what it represents because it is God's house, my Father's house. What he objects to, what raises his eye, what gets him anger, what, what causes this great kind of crack in, in, in the Jewish universe at this moment, with Jesus with his cords whipping and pushing the people out of the temple precincts, is the fact that these people are using their closeness to God for their own personal gain. And it's not just the, those who are exchanging money and selling cows and sheep that Jesus is offended by. It's also those high priests and priests who are using their closeness to God for their own glory. That's what disturbs Jesus and wrenches Jesus' heart in this moment in the Gospel of John. Alas, alas, Jesus' efforts to push back against that darkness of self-aggrandizement and self-glory and self-gain and self-profit seems in the short run to be a lost effort. For in reality, both temples, the temple built by Herod on top Mount Zion in all of its splendor and its glory, and the humble temple that is the body of Jesus, the presence of Jesus, the life and love of Jesus made flesh, both will fall. Both will fall under the weight of human evil. The temple of Zion, great temple of Herod, in the year 70 AD, some 30-some years after Jesus, will be attacked by the Roman overlords. And they will destroy that temple, not leaving stone upon stone, not even leaving much more than just shards of the great stones of the temple of Jerusalem left behind never to be built again to this very day. Never to be built again to this very day. Such was the fate of God's house, the Father's house, in Jerusalem, the great temple. Even more importantly, the temple that was Jesus' body also falls. Jesus is the subject of jealousy and of hatred and of, 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 of anger for his kindly and generous and gracious ministry to the poor of Israel. And, and because of his ministry, Jesus is put to death on a cross on Calvary, Golgotha, outside the walls of Jerusalem, and left for dead. His body crucified and dead and laid in a tomb. This temple of God's grace and love and breath and forgiving mercy killed 
failure to the eyes of everyone who sees Jesus dead on a cross, Jesus laid in the tomb. The darkness of evil, the coldness of death overcomes him. But there is a great difference between these two temples. The one temple, Jerusalem, built by Herod, by human hands, stones carved from the earth, never rises again. But Jesus being the true sacrifice of love, of self-giving, of love that's made perfect, Jesus in his forgiving love, in his merciful love, in his complete pouring out of himself love in his death, rises again. Rises again and becomes for us the eternal temple of God's presence in our midst. We continue to hear his voice. We continue to feel his touch. Maybe most of all in loving self-sacrifice, we continue to share communion with him. This gift of a temple that is rises again, a temple of flesh and blood and life and love and mercy and spirit, this temple of God rises again and remains with us still. And here's the thing. Here's the thing for us, especially in this mid of the mid time of the Lenten season. The great mystery that Paul reminds us of so often in his writings is that we now, through our baptism, are members of the body of Christ. We now are the living stones of this new temple of God's presence in our midst. Us, individually and as a family in Christ. We are the living stones of Christ's mercy, of God's love, of the Spirit at work in our world. And that is wonderful and awesome, and indeed it is also frightening. It is frightening for us to imagine and realize anew the responsibilities we bear to being the living stones of the temple, which is Jesus Christ, the risen one, in our world, in our time. For it means that we, like Jesus, need to be people who carry within us the spirit and the life and the love of God. And it means that we, like Jesus, need to share our very selves with one another and with our world. Nothing of self-glory, nothing of self-gain, nothing of self-aggrandizement, rather self-giving, and pouring ourselves out as Jesus did, even unto the point of death. That kind of love, Jesus' kind of love, is what makes us living stones in the new temple that is Jesus Christ. And it is that responsibility that is awesome and fearsome and 
one that we are to live out to the best of our abilities every day of our lives. This is the story then of two temples, one that falls and one that rises. And to the one that rises, we belong. We are its living stones in Jesus Christ.